Welcome. The Board of Trustees and the faculty of Eastern Nazarene College are hereby declared convened together with this assembly of representatives from the Church of the Nazarene, from across higher education, members of this college community, and with other distinguished guests for the commissioning ceremony of Dan Boone as the 14th president of the college. This ceremony will be under the leadership of Dr. Russell Long, chairman of the Board of Trustees. On behalf of the Board of Trustees of Eastern Nazarene College, I'm pleased to welcome you to this important event in the life of our college. We are honored by your presence, and we thank you for joining us today. Each of you are special to us. Nonetheless, I want to introduce a few very special guests and ask them to stand for your recognition as I call their names. First, I'd like to, Dr. Boone's wife, Denise, She's amazing, amazing. <laughs> Dr. Dan Kopp, Commissioner of Education, International Board of Education, Church of Nazarene. Welcome. I'd like to recognize the Honorable Thomas Koch, Mayor of the City of Quincy. And Mr. Mayor, we thank you for the improvements on Elm Avenue. <laughs> awesome. And then a special guest today, friend of mine for a long time, wife of a former mentor of mine, Dr. Cecil Paul, his wife Judy has joined us. Welcome. <laughs> and finally, I'd like to direct your attention to the trustees of Eastern Nazarene College. Down here, those that have been able to come, why don't you just stand? And this is our tremendous faculty behind us here. Let's express thanks to them. Please stand for the invocation led by Reverend Lynn Bollinger, college chaplain. Let us pray. Quiet us today, Lord. I pray that we would find rest in you this morning, that our souls would find rest in you. God, for those who cannot be with us today because of sickness, we pray for you to be their healer today. For those who are separated by distance and schedules, God, we pray for you to be Emmanuel, present with them wherever they are. God, for those who feel estranged from you or from a sense of a true community, God, we pray for your spirit to be comforter and friend. God, we pray for your church to be an instrument of love and peace in our world of division and hate. We pray for ENC, your beloved, to live into and lean into her purpose as a community preparing men and women to lead and serve in a diverse world. God. Give us a vision of the high calling of Christ. Finally, we pray that we would be true to God, true to God, and then true to alma mater. Quiet us today, God. We confess our need for you, for your presence on this most significant day. This is our holy longing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hear the word of the Lord from Ezekiel chapter 36. 
I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land that was laid to waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. covenant is a biblical concept of agreement that is binding between two or more parties. It's in that tradition that I ask you to join with me today as we covenant as a community in parts and in whole to support Dr. Boone and his presidency at Eastern Nazarene College. Please join the response for each group of which you are a part. To the members of our board of trustees, you've accepted the responsibilities of vigilant oversight and timely guidance as you hold before Eastern Nazarene College the vision of its founders and the call of its Lord. You have labored faithfully to preserve the high purpose and glad message of the college. Will you now promise to continue as you have, remembering your position as keepers of the mission, trusting the goodness of our God who knows our future and has blessed us with an exceptional new president and renewing your commitment to guide and advise this administration in the days to come? We will, with God's help. To the members of the entire ENC community, you have accepted the call to glorify Christ through the use of the particular gifts of scholarship and service. Daily, you assemble on this campus to impart and receive knowledge and to support the educational enterprise through selfless commitment to the myriad tasks that create a safe and nurturing environment in which you can flourish. Together, you have recognized the truth that the triune God commands us all to love with our minds as well as our hearts and physical strength. You've embraced the blessed union of scholarship and Christian faith. Will you now promise to recall daily the eternal worth of your efforts to know God and God's plan for your lives? Will you promise to live daily in gratitude and joy as you recognize God's grace in the gift of this school and its president and Will you renew your efforts to honor the rare opportunities you have been given to teach, to learn, to encourage, and serve each other in your common calling? To the entire congregation, you have shown your support of the noble purpose of Eastern Nazarene College through your steadfast companionship across the years. You have given generously of your resources. You have offered collegial wisdom and professional guidance, and you have welcomed us into your organizations and communities. Eastern Nazarene College benefits from the grace and goodness of its associations with each of you. This school would not stand today without your partnership. You have proven time and again that there is value in providing a solid academic education, even as the community shapes individuals into morally responsible citizens. Will you undertake to remember our long-standing relationships, our gratitude for them, to take heart in the promise of this new day in the school's history, and to renew your commitments to share with us the important work of higher education?
Thank you. You may be seated. Dr. Boone, would you join me here at the podium? It's a good day. Now, Mr. President Boone, sounds good. It is my privilege as chair of the Board of Trustees for Eastern Nazarene College to invest you with the presidential medallion, symbol of the office of president of Eastern Nazarene College. Thank you. President Boone, doesn't that sound good? Amen. As Education Commissioner for the Church of the Nazarene, there is another sign of the office. And in your President's office here, you will find a small crystal globe. And as Education Commissioner, we have 52 colleges, universities, seminaries around the world. And I have the privilege of serving on behalf of the church in, in essentially nurturing those schools and those relationships. So part of what I'm doing is taking a small crystal globe and presenting it to every college, university, and seminary around the world. I did that here at ENC. It's another sign of the office. And what that means is we're not just Eastern Nazarene College. We're not just Trevecca Nazarene University. We are a wonderful family that is connected literally around the world. President Boone enters into a fellowship of 52 presidents. The faculty and students are a part of a fellowship of 52,000 students around the world. And the reason I say this is because as we pray, we need to know, be reminded by that symbol, that there are 52 communities like ENC that are praying with us, mm -hmm. that are loving you as you love them. And I need to tell you as I visit, I see the handprint of Eastern Nazarene College, Trevecca Nazarene University, serving the church in other world areas through Nazarene higher education in schools, in seminaries, and in Bible institutes all around the world. God has given us a wonderful treasure to steward in this family, Nazarene higher education. So as we pray, we do join as a community, but we really join, represented by that crystal globe, we join a community, a, a global community, a, a family of people that are praying as we pray today. Let's pray. God, we recognize, we sense your presence. This is a high academic moment, and we honor the tradition that is represented in so many ways in this moment. We honor the history that is represented in so many ways in this moment. And we also acknowledge, God, that it's a divine appointment. It's a holy moment. And so we come to you as a community, really, to the altar. And we acknowledge Eastern Nazarene College is in your care. We thank you for your provision and the way that it's been declared in scripture and statement to this point. And now we come to the altar and we lift to you Dr. Dan and Denise Boone. God, in these moments, would you bind Eastern Nazarene College and the Boons together as only you can do, calling and covenant expressed in this relationship? Would you give the Eastern Nazarene community a love for Dr. Dan and Denise that cannot simply be 
manufactured, but God, it is a love that you have given them for Dan and Denise. And I pray that you would continue to instill in the Boone's hearts your love for Eastern Nazarene College and its history and its heritage and the future that you have for it all across this region. And as we join together, we invite those by live stream. We invite our sister colleges, universities, and seminaries around the world. We invite the Trevecca Nazarene University community into this moment of lifting to you this institution, Eastern Nazarene College, and lifting to you the president, Dan Boone, and pray that in these, in these moments you would set this institution and this leader aside to do the work that you've called them to. In this moment of consecration, may your spirit be poured out in a way that we all point back to this moment and recognize God is at work. Thanks be to God. Through this place, be light in darkness, be salt, be love. May a world be transformed because of the work we're doing right here. Grant it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, A reading from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The word of the Lord. When I was asked to give the introduction to Dan Boone today for his message, like a good academic, I wanted to do good research to find out things about our new president. So I asked my assistant to do a Google search. <laughs> I got this on the way in. Daniel Boone was born in a log cabin in Exeter Township, Pennsylvania <laughs> in 1734. <laughs> he received little formal education. <laughs> Boone learned to read and write from his mother and his father taught him wilderness survival skills. <laughs> Boone was given a rifle at the age of 12, and he quickly proved himself talented as a woodsman and hunter, boldly shooting a bear when most children his age were too frightened. Listen, <laughs> Dan Boone is a relative of the great story Daniel Boone from the 18th century, and Dan may have beasts to slay in his new role as president of Eastern Nazarene College. The shifting challenges of higher education are not for the faint of heart. Know, Dan, that you have an army of people ready to stand behind you in this new venture. The entire academic community needs to blaze new trails like we are doing here today in a partnership with Trevecca Nazarene University. 
So don't panic about his credentials. Listen, Dr. Boone is a graduate of Trevecca Nazarene University. He also holds a master's degree from Nazarene Theological Seminary and a doctorate from McCormick Theological Seminary. He is the author of 16 books. He is the chair of the Tennessee Independent Colleges and Universities Association and present chair of the NCAA Division II GMAC Presidential Council. A pastor at heart, Dan began preaching at the age of 13 and pastoring at a church as a junior and senior in high school. Like his ancestors, he was fearless as a child. In his 30 years as a pastor, 20 of those were spent pastoring on churches on Nazarene University campuses, giving him a passion for faculty and staff and students. In 2005, Dan was elected as Trevecca Nazarene University's 11th president. Under his leadership, Trevecca has experienced unprecedented growth, becoming a significant player in higher education in the Nashville market, and while remaining true to her missional core of Christian higher education, Dan serves with great gifts and talents. He is the man for the task at hand. Would you join me in officially welcoming to Eastern Nazarene College community, Dr. Dan Boone. Thank you, Larry, for that unusual introduction. <laughs> Rebecca and Mingo and I are glad to be here, uh, along with all the other tribes that have followed Dan Boone across the years. It's a joy to be with you. What an interesting moment for us to be together here today. Two historic Nazarene institutions contemplating union, one president seeking to lead the process for both of those. Some have rightly questioned our sanity, or more specifically, my sanity. I'm reminded these days of a movie which, to this day, I think is my favorite movie of all time, uh, the most theologically accurate movie I think I've ever watched, and it's a movie that has some rootage in this part of the country. The, the title of the movie is What About Bob? In this movie, there is a psychiatrist named Leo Marvin who is sure he has discovered the cure to everything. He has a bestseller, he cures all problems and everything, and he holds all wisdom and knowledge. By the end of the movie, he goes nuts, and he is comatose in a psych ward somewhere. But along the way, he encounters this person named Bob, who is the most fragile of all creatures. And Bob, as he moves through the movie, becomes the savior of relationships, the joy uh, among others, the one who owns his own vulnerability. And in the end of the movie, Bob is this holistic human being that somehow a community can thrive around. I'm not Dr. Marvin. I don't have all the answers that we need. But I do think I could be Bob, a person who's deeply aware of my own vulnerabilities, and how fragile uh, life can be in these particular moments. In the middle of that movie, Bob has some lines that I've said to myself quite often because they speak to me deeply about this double presidency idea. And Bob is quoting his favorite poem. Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm schizophrenic and so am I. <laughs> Welcome to my world. But presidents are never alone, never alone. They have constituencies, lots and lots of constituencies. Allow me to just address very briefly eight of them who are here today, and I'll begin with the ENC students. Thank you for coming to this double chapel credit gathering. 
Denise and I have fallen in love with you. You are quite amazing. We have sat in your cafeteria. We have watched your musicals. We're getting ready to see a lot of your athletic competitions over this weekend. You have been so kind and so gracious to welcome us. From the SGA to the clubs and classes to leaders, those of you that we have met, we truly work for you. You are the only reason that we are here doing this. And we pledge you together the very best that we have to serve you. I don't know how a, a once, one week a month president can possibly to deliver all to you that you need. But we're going to give the very best that we have to try to do that. So thank you students for being here. To ENC faculty, staff, and servants, the second constituency, you are courageous women and men who care deeply about this place and its mission. Many of you have sacrificed significantly to sustain the college. You have grieved many a failed attempt at stronger enrollment and a sustainable financial future. You have reason to be dispirited and sad. And yet your resilience amazes me. You are still imagining a great future. And I want you to know I admire you. I deeply admire who you are and what you have done. The third constituency I would address is the Church of the Nazarene. You birthed us. You've given millions of dollars to support us. You have entrusted us with your sons and daughters. And even now, you have embraced our call for help in imagining a new, different, and stronger future. You are doubling church budgets. You are sending work and witness teams to restore our residence halls. You are recruiting your students to attend, and you are praying for our tomorrow. The connection between ENC and its founding local churches has grown weak. But today I pledge to strengthen those ties and respond to your support with a college that you will be proud of. The fourth constituency I would mention is, the, is our governance friends represented here by Mayor Tom Koch. Our friends in Quincy, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the Department of Higher Education, and the NEASC leaders. Thank you for allowing us to serve the educational employment needs of this community, this state, and this region. It is our intent to meet the highest accreditation criteria, to provide education in keeping with our mission, to grow enrollments, and to operate in a sustainable way. Mayor Koch, I want to thank you. The number of times that this cabinet has said to me, the mayor of this city cares about ENC. It warms my heart. You have repaved Elm Street. You're working with us on new signage and the hope of some ENC recognition on the T. We intend to provide jobs for the citizens of this, of this town that you care so deeply about. And we want to give you the kind of graduates from this school that will be the glue that will bind this community together for years to come. We want to give to you people who know how to be neighbors in a city and not those who just selfishly take what it can give and then ask to be left alone. We want to be engaged in a vibrant community and we thank you for making that possible with everything that you have already done. Thank you so much. To the ENC alumni constituency here today, your devotion to this place lives in your memories of what happened to you here. We have to live a while sometimes before it begins to dawn on us what people poured into us. One of the characteristics of mature human beings is the ability to express gratitude to those who helped us along the way. My hope is that the ENC alumni and your past memories and present gratitude will be strong enough to lift ENC into a brand new future. Thank you for being here today. Your presence matters. The sixth constituency that I would mention is Trevecca Nazarene University. I serve you only by the permission of a board of trustees and the employees and people of Trevecca Nazarene University. And I do not stand here alone on this day. There's a row of Trevecca cabinet folk right back here. You need them more than you need me. And they have come and they have laid their life in voluntary service to you in this time. And I honor them on this day 
as well as the 38 employees of Treveca who even today are doing their role both for ENC and for Treveca Nazarene University. This venture would not be possible without them. And what is happening between Treveca and ENC may well be one of the most selfless institutional acts that I have witnessed in the Church of Jesus Christ. Power used in service to mission with students in mind rather than institutional preservation. This sounds like the kingdom of God to me. Seventh constituency, trustees, donors, and friends. We bear in our souls the weight of responsibility for this institution that has served us in which we serve. Working with board chair Russ Long, the executive committee, and others gives me confidence that the right leaders are in place to ensure the very best future that we can imagine. To donors, the college is in your hands in this fragile moment of time. We'll talk more this weekend. <laughs> the last constituency that I want to recognize is history. History is how we let dead people vote today. James Cameron has skillfully introduced me to this constituency. Most of them are looking on from heaven. In the president's conference room hangs the pictures on the wall of the past presidents. I think I've seen their eyes move. <laughs> and when I listen very carefully, I see those eyes look at me and say, boy, what are you doing with my school? I take seriously what they have done in this place. What they did matters and they deserve our respect, sacrifice, and our hard work to build upon their foundation. We owe to the past our best effort, for without the past, we would not have been possible. They were faithful to via veritas vita, the way, the truth, and the life, and we will be too. Before moving into the meat of the address, I want to offer two personal recognitions. While I am in a lot of spotlight these days, Timothy Wooster has faithfully served ENC to make this possible. He has been selfless, tireless, and optimistic in some very difficult trenches. And he has worked with Corliss McGee and Bill Carruthers and now me. He has been the glue that has bound together three leaders across these last 12 months, as well as his work in all the years preceding. Timothy has been this connecting link in transition, and we owe him our thanks. Would you join me in thanking him? And I want to express my gratitude to Denise Boone and our entire family, um, Amy, Brent, Eleanor, and Clara, Ashley, Eric, Anna, Gray, and Boone, Abby, Aaron, Rowan, and the newest member of our tribe, Scout, who is due any day now, which is why Denise will check her cell phone even while I'm talking if... <laughs> This was a family decision. My entire family are now donors to ENC. Gray gave me up at baseball games to you. Rowan is giving me up at musicals to you. Eleanor is giving me up at band concerts to you. And the whole family is giving up a little less of mom and dad and grandpa and grandma. Denise is invested in this venture with me. I remember the day we looked one another in the eye and I said, I can't do this without you. And I mean that. And she loves this place and loves you. And I want to say thank you on this day. Now let's get down to business. The most important question of the day is, why ENC? What distinctive contribution do we bring to the work of higher education that merits all this time, investment, and energy? While brand distinction is important,
to every marketing team of every college, are we really that different from other colleges? At the end of the day, don't we all produce diplomas and transcripts? Why ENC? I'm glad you asked. Across the last decade, I have seen increasing cultural pressures for schools to do three things. Graduate money makers, embrace a polarizing political position, and do it cheaply and, if possible, for free. This cultural cookie cutter is now being pressed into the dough of higher education with growing intensity. So let me say a word about these three pressures. One, graduate money makers. Industry and business are telling us that the proof of our pudding is earning power. And parents are not far behind. I have yet to meet the parent who says to me on the visit to the campus, well, my aspiration is that my child would get an unemployable degree from this institution and move back home and live in our basement for the next decade. <laughs> I get that. I really do get that. Jobs are part of this investment, and culture wants the importance of money-making to be imprinted upon this generation. The second cultural pressure is to embrace a po polarizing political position. Colleges these days are banning speakers, retracting research, toppling statues, and silencing voices at record rates. We have become so hypersensitive in this culture to ideas that are not ours that we actually go out looking to find offense where none was even intended. The ability to have civil discourse, which is essential to a just and peaceful society, has taken a back seat to shaming, polarizing, and condemning. Where the old axis was right and wrong, the new axis is inclusion and exclusion. Culture is now pressing its colleges to teach a generation to perfect the art of polarization. The third pressure, do it cheaply and impossible for free. Tennessee has offered free community college. New York has offered free four years of school with some fine print requirements that you really ought to read before you sign on. Politicians are realizing that votes are the prize for offering free degrees. And this experiment is now underway. I predict that we're going to see massive gen ed classes taught by grad assistants, professors who only know a handful of student names, massive requests for more tax dollars to fund the experiment. It's already happening in Tennessee. And a generation of college graduates who have been cheaply mass produced. So in light of these kind of cultural pressures, why ENC? What do we have to offer that might be different from that? How will ENC offer anything different than the cookie-cutter colleges conforming to cultural pressures? I'm glad you asked. Our theological roots are ancient. We come from Orthodox Christian faith by way of the Catholics, the Anglicans, the Methodists, and the Nazarenes. Chief among our doctrines is a very high view of what human beings can become by the sanctifying work of God. Quite different from our Reformed friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who believe that we at best are sinners every day in word, thought, and deed, we Wesleyans believe that we can be restored in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, that we can be sanctified or made holy in order that we might live lives through the grace of God. While we're far from perfect in the world's understanding of the word, we believe that we can be filled with the loving spirit of a gracious God and that our life can make a difference in this world. Toward this end, we at ENC intend to form persons, body, mind, soul, and spirit in likeness to Jesus Christ. He is our goal. He is our model. He is our hope. This formation occurs in relationships. Professor to student, coach to athlete, RD to resident. It occurs in chapels, in classrooms, in athletic competition, in residence halls, chats, in clubs, in libraries, and all the places that we know and are known. And this happens, and as it happens, God is the one who begins to make us new. The same God who is in the process of making all things new.
For this reason, we're not like any other college out there. The world tells us to graduate moneymakers, and we say back to the world, human beings are more than consumers, more than currency collectors. We are the hands and feet of Christ in the world, serving our neighbor for the common good, teaching people dignity and respect for one another. Our goal is not to stand before Christ at the end of our days and offer up a lucrative balance sheet of our personal net assets. Our goal is to hear Jesus declare upon our life, well done, good and faithful servant. We will make money. We will take the skills that are given us here and we will do the kind of good work that every company in the world wants to pay for. And then we will turn around and be stewards and use that money that God enables us to earn in a way that will bring honor and glory to our God in this world. We don't do work because we want money. We do work because God has gifted us, skilled us, and called us to the work of human thriving. Our work is an act of worship offered in gratitude to the God who shares his work with us. We wish to leave in our wake a world more just and peaceful rather than a rubble of our own personal conquest. So we are shaped here at ENC, then given to the world as Christ persons. We're disguised as teachers and scientists and social workers and bankers, but our professional career is not our defining essence. We are first and foremost the holy people of God given in service to the world. That is why ENC. The world tells us to embrace a polarizing political position, and many Christians are doing exactly this to the pain of our God. Siding with one political party or stance over against the other seems to be the common sport these days. It is no secret that higher ed tends to lean left, strongly left, and in New England even more strongly left. And the harder we lean, the more polarizing we become. The question I'd like for a college to explore is this one. Are there other options than leaning right or left, than siding with red or blue, than hating one another? At the core of our theology is the belief that Jesus is the glue that holds all things together. Paul in Colossians says that in Jesus all things cohere. That in Jesus, reconciliation is possible. That in Jesus, peace is possible. That enemies become friends and strangers become neighbors. The dark powers of our world are polarizing. That's all they know how to do. They shame, they make enemies, they exclude, and then they destroy. But the kingdoms of this world are not the kingdom of our God, nor of his Christ, the Messiah. At ENC, we are not about shaming and polarizing. Nor are we about some kind of mushy, bland, head-in-the-sand escape from a big, bad world. We're about the hard, honest conversations that need to be had. About racism and privilege. About politics and power. About a sexual ethic that reduces human beings to erotic plumbing rather than covenanted families. About our neighbor, the DACA student, the transgendered person, the gun owner about human dignity and respect, about good entertainment versus cheap entertainment, about beauty versus trash, about good work rather than stealing. As I watch our world, I'm coming to believe that the Christian campus is possibly the last place where the exploration of differing ideas might be pursued with respect because the people of Jesus are taught to love even and especially our enemies. So what political flavor will ENC embrace? I am so glad you asked. You see, we do have a political party, and we do have a king. An old Methodist missionary to India, when I was a college student, came and spoke in Trevecca Nazarene College Chapel. His name was E. Stanley Jones. And that day, he gave a vision of the unshakable kingdom of God and the unchanging person of Jesus Christ. Our politic is the kingdom of God and our king is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will bow our lives and do education 
in loyalty and allegiance and as a reflection of this Christ and of this kingdom that is ours. That's why ENC. Finally, the world tells us to do it cheap if not free. And we're doing our best. We're even resetting uh, tuition for next year's incoming freshman class, about $8,000 less than what it has been. And we're taking care of the students who are already here by making sure that their deal is fair too. We aspire to be as affordable as possible. Our professors will never be the highest salary. Our staff can make more money somewhere else. Our president may be the most overpaid person on the entire uh, on the entire salary roll, and he's working for free. <laughs> Affordability means access for students. So we accept that challenge. But cheap is not our goal. Deep is. I often say to parents and students, if you're looking for the cheapest route to a diploma, we're not it. But if you're looking for the deepest personal investment that people can make in you, if you're looking to be formed as a lifetime follower of Jesus Christ, if you're looking to have the kind of skills that can heal a fractured, broken world, if you're looking to know how to do the kind of work that will make communities better, if you're looking to be the kind of person that a city can be built upon, we're your college. We're not chasing cheap, we're offering deep. That's why ENC. In closing, I have a dream about the kind of graduates we give the world, that their words would penetrate the world and bring hope, that their harmony would be reconciling, that their likeness to Jesus would be healing, and that their life would bring joy. A while ago, I came across a video that has become for me a parable of what I pray and hope that the graduates of ENC can be in the middle of the world. Now, you'll have to do a little mental work as you watch this video, but I want you to imagine that the flash mob you are about to see, that that flash mob is comprised of the graduates of ENC going into a very unsuspecting world. And the context into which they appear, that, that is the world out there that has no clue that we even exist. But one day that world is awoken to joy and hope by the gift that might come to that world by the graduates of this institution. I think maybe our gift to the world might look something like this. Let's watch the video together. A broken and fractured world is waiting for a people like that. Let's be that people and let's give the world those graduates. That's why ENC. My name is Pastor Stretch, and I get the privilege of being a campus pastor here at Eastern Nazarene College. And on behalf of our family and community, I want to thank you for being here today. Maybe some of you are like me, and you woke up this morning, and maybe one of your first thoughts was, God, I can't believe that you've given us this great grace gift and sent us the amazing Dr. Boone to this campus, and it's so cool that she's going to bring her husband around sometimes, too. It's unbelievable, Lord. Thank you. How do we... Thank you. We're not worthy. After our gathering here, we're going to recess out, and then um, we're going to invite you out for uh, time to celebrate. Uh, we've killed the fatted calf, and... The prodigals come home. Or I, I, don't, I don't know all the parallels, but we're going to, I think it's a pig. We're, we're killing the big pig, and uh, it's going to be great. 
Many of you know, because I rarely stop talking about it, that the Church of the Nazarene and Eastern Nazarene College changed my life. I can barely find a segment of my life that has not been rearranged and transformed. That hasn't been from the church or this place. And it is a holy privilege to give back and to serve. God is good, isn't he? This place is really good, isn't it? I want to remind you of what you committed to. You said just a few minutes ago that you embrace the blessed union of scholarship and Christian faith and that you now promise to recall daily the eternal worth of your efforts to know God and God's plan for your life and that you promise to live daily in gratitude and joy as you recognize God's grace in the gift of this school and its president. And then we renewed our efforts to honor the rare opportunities we have to learn, to teach, to minister in this great family. And then we encouraged each other to serve one another and bring healing and repair to our broken world. That is why ENC. Father, we are so grateful for your work, for the Church of Jesus Christ, that has shown so many of us the good news of your gospel and the saving grace of your son, Jesus Christ. We especially thank you for our tribe, the Nazarenes that just really want their life to be fully surrendered to you and then to be used to bring healing and repair to the brokenness that breaks your heart. Thank you, Father, for this great day. Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we could be true to these vows would you show us some creative ways as how we can further partner with this good work that you've started here and you'll be faithful to complete. And now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant may he equip you with everything good that you may do in his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be all glory and honor, dominion and power forever. Amen.